Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the podcast. Tentative title, the Thunderblog Hockey and Hoops Hour, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Go subscribe on iTunes if you haven't yet. Matty D and I talk some hockey, some hoops, Olympic update, as well as a golf update as Tiger Woods is active this week at the Genesis Open out in California. A jam-packed episode, so make sure to check out the timestamps if there's something specifically you want to hear. But as always, go subscribe to the podcast again on iTunes under The Bullpen Cart. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblogsports.com, of course, is our website, Thunderblogsports, on Instagram and Facebook as well. And enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast under the tentative name, the Thunderblog Hockey and Hoops Hour. Tentative name, but a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, with me as always. My guy, Matty D, Matt Stefano. how are you? Well, I'm still on the high two weeks ago, you know, still fully in celebration mode. Every day seems like a dream, to be honest. I I walked by the Barnes & Noble by my office, because that's where it is, right on Rittenhouse Square. And in the windowsill is an updated Eagles encyclopedia. And I thought to myself, oh, I wonder why that is. All right. Okay. okay. (laughs) I know why it is. Because we're 2017 slash 2018, whatever you want to call it, Super Bowl motherfucking champions, baby. Oh, yeah. Still fired up about it. Still looking forward to basically all things Eagles. But that being said, we're going to transition during this slower offseason time. Yeah, before baseball really gets going. Right. From they will pitches and catch, but from our from our football talk, I'm going to drive the conversation to I mean, really our other loves, which actually really every sport, but in this case specifically, a little NHL, aka Orange and Black Flyers talk. And a, little, and a little trust the process, Philadelphia 76ers discussion as well. I'm pretty fired up for this because really, really, I've only briefly touched on this. And I mean. Yeah, the most I think that we've touched on it is with Greg, where he's basically just shit on my love of all things Flyers and Sixers. And that's because the Celtics have done so well and, mm-hmm. you know, and the Bruins are doing so well. So. Well, let me ask you a question, though. I mean, do you really think Celtics? Do they have? Do they have a superstar like Joel Embiid? You can tell me what you want about Kyrie Irving, but the personality. One unicorn is nice, uh, Matt. I almost said this to Greg. I'm sure he's listening. One unicorn is nice. Two unicorns is twice as nice. I like that. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't think the Celtics have a unicorn. Yeah, but Kyrie's like a big fuck you guy. Like he's well, still he he's not a unicorn. He's not he's not yeah. a he's not a Przingis or an Embiid or yeah. a Simmons or a Anthony Towns or yeah, but he's, Kyrie's Kevin still better than both of them right now. They'll probably be better. We're gonna have this discussion shortly. Yeah. I, I, I mean Okay, all right. Look, hey, look, we're gonna I have just saw Ben Simmons drop a triple double. I saw TJ drop a triple double on Monday, but we're gonna talk about that. We're going to start with hockey because there's a Sorry, little more of it in I the I got ahead of myself. I got ahead of myself. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I'm, I'm glad. We're already starting the debate. We're going to start with hockey just because the NHL 
is closer to its trade deadline. The NBA trade deadline just came and went. Basketball's in its all-star break. And there's the Olympics. So we're going to talk about a little Olympic hockey as well as a little Olympic talk in between the hoop and hockey or hockey and hoop. But we start with the NHL. So we're about 20, 25 games left, depending on what team you're looking at. And some divisions look a little straightforward in terms of who's going to finish in the top three. Remember, they automatically get in no matter where they are in the points. Others are a little more cluttered, like our Flyers in the Metropolitan Division. And a couple are runaways. Really, one is the Pacific with, surprisingly, the Vegas Golden Knights. (laughs) But Matt, really, because you touched on it earlier, or you said it, um, you haven't really gotten a chance to talk too much hockey. What have been your thoughts through basically the first two-thirds of the season? Well, I mean, first of all, I, I, I really want to harp on the, the Golden Knights story. I think yeah. it's incredibly important for the NHL as a as a league to have a team like that. I got the yeah. chance to see them in person. We talked about this when I was in Minneapolis. I'm so pumped um, to see them come to Philly. It's like right. two weeks away. It's it, it's it's incredibly exciting. Um, I, I think there's a little bit I – got, I, got I mean – a little bit of a lull right now, and I think yep. it's gonna it's gonna start to pick up though, because like I said, about 20, 25 ooh, ooh, games away. Ooh, ooh. Yep, we get about ten games out, and these teams are gonna start to really pack in, and we're gonna see what's gonna happen. I think that's really important. Um, and I think I think we'll see a, a bump as usual in the playoffs. I gotta say, I mean, one of my big issues that I have, and, and I think this goes across the board, is when you watch ESPN, which is everyone's really that's where you go to get sports, you go to ESPN. They don't sponsor right now. Yet. They don't sponsor. Yeah, right. They 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 want to talk about the NBA. They want to talk about Lavar Ball. They want to talk about LeBron. They want to talk about blah 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 blah. They don't want to talk about the NHL. They don't want to. They don't want to push it out. Honestly, they barely even talk about football in the Olympics at this point. I have a big problem with the ESPN. Yep. I know they sponsor the NBA. No, you got to make your money. But come on, there are other sports out there. I think they're missing out on a really great NHL season with some really fantastic teams that I'm bummed are to me are kind of getting thrown by the wayside. I mean, how about Nashville? Nashville nope. is having a great Doing it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wait, wait a second. Winnipeg Jets. What a great story. Now, I know the Jets aren't going to sell there from Canada. Tampa Bay. How dominant has Tampa Bay been and how quiet yeah. are people about Tampa Bay? I think it's a real shame. Um, and I also want to include well, the you, Bruins. They've come on hot, too. So, anyway, I'm getting a little well, You hit the nail on the head, though, because Tampa Bay was this close to beating the Penguins two years ago in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference Finals. And last year, they kind of had a bum deal with a lot of injuries. But they've had this team forever, and they're a team that, like, people still – they went to the, the finals three years ago. Right, right. That people just kind of forget are there. And, I mean, they've – this is shouldn't really be that big of a surprise that they're playing so well. The Bruins, Greg and I have talked about it. They're basically a couple steps ahead of what the Flyers should do, and we'll probably talk about this when we jump into the Flyers. They're very young. They have their vets that just are very crafty and do a great job of it. And you see the fruits of that labor. They're a point behind Tampa Bay, who looked like they were going to run away with the Atlantic Division. Toronto's back in the mix, a couple years removed from just stinking. A lot of that's Austin Matthews, but they have a lot of other guys around them. Um, but like you said, Nashville's there, which really ESPN's probably going to jump back onto it, and other sites might as well that haven't been covering hockey is in depth. Uh, I'm looking at the ringer on this one. As much as I like reading that site, they're also not a big hockey site. Um but they did cover the Stanley Cup Finals in the playoffs well. But Nashville's right there. Winnipeg's also super young, so it's great seeing them do it. St. Louis won't go away. Um, the nutty thing, though, is that 
you know, the, the teams that have been there for so long, like the Blackhawks, they're having a really down year. And you're kind of seeing the, the effects of where the NHL is. Because a big thing that's talked about in the NBA is the cap and where that's moving. It's talked about in football a little bit. It isn't, it's not existent in baseball. So it's never really talked about there. But the NHL cap steadily moves up. And the Blackhawks basically reinvented the wheel with the deals, the matching deals they gave their two guys. And on top of that, Duncan Keith and a lot of those guys that brought them three cups in what was it, five, six seasons? Yeah. So you're kind of seeing the fruits of, I guess, the rotten fruit of that coming to fruition. Um, they're sitting 10 points behind Colorado, which is probably one of my bigger shocks on the year. Um, that being said, they'd only be three points out in a very, very cluttered metropolitan division where the last place New York Rangers sit four points out of a playoff spot. So not terrible, but still a disappointment. Florida is another one that's super young, but just hasn't played that well. They, they've kind of gotten the raw end of the deal. They've played a lot of Western Conference games of them adding, doing a little quick math and not coming away from that very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've discussed this a little bit before. I think that I, I don't know what the solution is at this point. I'd have to do a little bit more digging and my thought process, but the Metropolitan Division is just too good. It's yeah. almost unfair to the Rangers and the Islanders and the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes. Like they're they're being forced to battle when they arguably are as good as a lot of other. Like they'd be the they'd be battling for the top of the division in some ways. I mean, I just I don't know. I guess I struggle with it. But you know what? I say that, and we've discussed this before. We go through this with every sport. Yep. So I don't necessarily think we can just say, "Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, we should change everything." So, well, a couple uh, thoughts on that. Uh, not necessarily changing it, but where teams are sitting and the Flyers. This has been something that's been really hit on with them, and and you still can because they're still by far them and the Hurricanes in the Metropolitan Division. They've played so few games against their own division. And just looking at it quickly, the Penguins haven't played a ton against the Met. Capitals have played a few more. The Blue Jackets have played a ton. But the NHL has done what we've talked about a lot with college football, of backloading schedules to I, to really kind of drive home after football ends. And while, you know, really get into what NBC loves to call their championship season – Get those marquee matchups, especially because the eight teams, really aside from Carolina and Columbus, have large, large fan bases and can really drive a lot of television ratings. Not that you should be you know, really pushing everything towards TV, but people want to watch the Flyers even if they stink. People want to watch the Rangers if they stink. The Islanders too, even though they're New York's second team, and you can argue all you want about what they've been doing with the home stadium. But people want to watch them. People want to watch the Bruins. Great that they're doing well. They're in a different division. It'd be cool to have them back, or or not back, but in the same division as you know the Flyers, the Penguins, all them. Um, but the fact that they're backloading it, I think, is a big part of this. So you could fi- see water start to find a little bit of its level. Okay. Especially given how the Flyers have played against, really, the Rangers. They have not done very well against them. Um, they didn't do well against the Islanders either, but that was during the 10-game losing streak. So... I don't necessarily attribute too much to that, but that's something that's just a thought there. Uh, It's kind of weird of how the schedule kind of laid out this year, at least seeing it a little more in depth playing Nashville twice, both times you're going to play them within the first month. So it's interesting. It's almost, you you hear about it more with basketball. Do they play too many games and they might with hockey, but 
kind of figuring out what's an even schedule. And probably once they get a 30-second team in there, they can come up with something a little more uniform like baseball does. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Because, I mean, yeah. we've, we've only played the Penguins a few times. Kind of bothers me. Um, yeah. But I do they have put to the say, Devils three times in like 13 days. Right, right. up the other night. It was that pretty was nuts. And a really bad loss, by the way. I don't want to harp no, on it too it much. It happens. No, no, no. We'll get to a little deeper Flyers discussion in a, in, a, in a second. But what I would say is this. We have two more mini road trips. So the backloading of our schedule should assist in terms of travel. Yeah. We, you know, we go, we play Winnipeg and Vegas uh, in, in mid-March, two games in a row. No, they've already been to Vegas. They went, they right. were there this weekend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. My fault. No. The, 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 um, the, sorry, it's, I'm, I, you're right. It's Dallas and Colorado in late no. March, right before the end of the season, a little trip out West. Then we're back home, finish it off with a bunch of local games, three of the last four at home. Now, not that I'm looking too far ahead here. There's plenty of games to go. That So that's the positive though, to getting rid of those big road trips early is, is that you can, you can, have a little bit of an easier schedule late in the season. Exactly. Once again, I'm circling March 7th, Wednesday, versus the Penguins at home. March 25th at Pittsburgh, a Sunday. That's probably going to be NBC's game of the week, it looks like. Those are the games I care about, knowing where Pittsburgh sits in the standings. Um, yep. Like I said, we'll get into that as we get closer to those games. i just like to point out, anytime we play the Penguins, because I, I fucking hate them. So, can't wait Terrible. to see those games. I know I, I you know got to talk to the the intern um, producer or whatever his official title is after his Super Bowl screw up, Jared Barnes, see if we've yeah, got to go and, and heckle him after we, we smoke the Penguins as we're coming into late season form. But um, Well, he and I are going to have a little uh, quote-unquote business meeting over the Daytona 500, his good. sport. Uh, maybe good. we'll see a blog post from him. Hint, hint, if he's hint, listening. Hint. <laughs> um, and just a quick note uh, for all of you out there, because you can help me, you can help support me in my dumb decision to give up beer for Lent, I told him I'd show up at his house with a case of Budweiser. Can't do that because can't drink beer for the next 38 days. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I went to the Sixers game last night. We'll talk a little bit, bit more about that game. Yes, we're definitely um, going to get there. But I, uh, it, it was ordering a mixed drink at a, at a sporting event. Weird feeling. Uh, I texted you. I feel like an actual adult by not getting a 25-ounce Budweiser, but you know, and, but more, you know, a little more on hockey. Um, it'll be interesting to see how everything goes because we've seen the trade market start to flare up a little bit with Dion Phaneuf getting traded from the disappointing Senators who right. you never thought you, you, they never had a flashy offense. That wasn't how they got almost got to the Stanley Cup last year. But their defense has just been really, really big of a letdown. Um, and to put it this way, I've complained all year about the Flyers goalie and the Flyers defensive situation. Ottawa's let up 27 more goals than them. <laughs> and they're a team that has one of, if not the best defenseman in the league in Eric Carlson. Oh, love to have and, him on the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I was getting at. I mean, they've already traded Phaneuf, a big, a big defensive guy to the Kings. Could you see could you see them? Could you see Montreal? Could you see some of these teams, I don't know about the Rangers. They're they're flirting on whether or not they want to unload. But could you see these big names like Matt Pacioretty, anybody get get dished in the next couple weeks before the deadline? Well, here's – so I've been pondering this because I no. think the one thing, when you look across the board here, this is important, uh, and I've had this discussion numerous times with, with our friend Logan – 
unlike the NBA, mm-hmm. in the NHL, you can clearly go from first to worst and worst to first in a season. The, so to Edmonton's done it in two straight years. Right, right. Opposites. Edmonton. Let's take a look. So we've got, you know, you talk about the Senators. The Canadians are struggling. The Rangers and the Islanders, struggling. The Blackhawks, struggling. The Wild, struggling-ish. I mean, they're not out of it, but they're struggling. Now, the Oilers, like you just are in a playoff spot, aren't they? Right. No. Uh, they might be the Ducks. They are, yeah. They're, they're in one by two points. But my point is these are teams that have dominated in the past few years and have gone down while you've got teams like the Maple Leafs, um, the Flyers, the Devils, the Jets, um, the Golden Knights, obviously. Incredible. These teams are all succeeding. So th- by moving players, if you don't have – I mean, why? Because the next year you might be better. You know, you might jump to first place. So the parity, I think, is a good thing. Yeah, it absolutely so I, is. I, I mean, if I'm a gen, uh, NHL GM, I'm not necessarily jumping at the opportunity to trade a a top level player. Now, Dion Phaneuf, meh, good player. Well, he's an old guy. He's older. He's an older guy, right? So mm-hmm. let's move some guys around like that. I, yeah, I think that's tough. So the crazy thing too is that. We haven't even t- we said Edmonton, but we haven't really even touched on the bottom of the division. Granted, the Canucks have Bozner, who's very good, but the Coyotes they're still the Coyotes are still the money ball. You know, there's the good te- <laughs> the rich teams, the poor teams, fifty piles of shit, and then there's us. That's the Arizona Coyotes right now. Right. Um, I think they changed how the NHL does the lottery. I'd have to double check that, but I mean they're. Ooh. They're not good. They beat the Blackhawks six nothing the other day, which has got to be rock bottom for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I agree. I quick, agree. Let's make a couple quick thoughts on the Flyers, then we'll move on to the Olympics. Uh, so you mentioned it before. Played the Devils the other night. It was an interesting game. If you read my nightly roundup from Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday morning, uh, the Flyers played really well in the first period. And then the second, you know, they should have maybe gotten one other goal. The second period went back and forth, and they just could never put away the Devils. And the Devils just showed all this resiliency. You know, they've had a little bit of a, of a slide in the last month or so. They were up there with the Capitals, you know, a little bit up towards the top of the division. But they showed that resiliency, and they end up tying it. Taylor Hall comes back into the game after uh, leaving with a concussion from Gudis, or concussion protocol, I should say. Uh, ties it up. And then the Flyers fall in the dreaded shootout, which, God, those things fucking suck. Um, but I wrote about it in the blog, but the, the Flyers really just need to – they need to show that resiliency. They need to play complete games. You know, the the youth was on full display in the first period, the supporting cast. You know, Tyler Konechny – uh, Travis Konechny, not Tyler Konechny, has been on a tear in the last couple of weeks and did very well. He scored within a, the first two minutes. Uh, but then the rest of the, the, the rest of the team kind of went dry. Giroux scored on the power play, and then it was really that top line, and this is stuff Greg's giving me a ton of shit on, and he's right. You know, when, the, when it's only one and a half lines, and they've mixed them up more and more, which is great. Reward connecting for playing well. Uh, but when they're playing well and the, the defense starts to show its, its youth and in some cases its age, Andy McDonald, I'm looking at you and your fucking whiffs. It's not curling, it's ice hockey. Um <laughs> You no, know, it's tough to it's tough to stay in a game there, especially if you have Neuverth, who's a one B goalie and is playing well. He's played well, but 
Flyers might need to look to add one other guy because I don't know necessarily if Alex Lyon's ready nah. fully to face NHL offenses, especially. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Norvern's right. I'm not sure. Norvern's the answer there either. I mean, no, no, he's not. Not long term. A couple, I mean, a couple of things. I would think you're you're seeing a couple guys, and in particular, the guy I want to point out here, who, who I'm not a mess, I'm not upset with, but Ivan Provorov is kind of hitting that rookie wall. Yeah. He's hit a plateau he's not in a points. He looks very good, but he's hit well, a points he's, plateau. He's made a few uncharacteristic mistakes, though. Yeah. I mean, a few guys. So I think they could work on that a little bit, uh, maybe to avoid some of this. But he's but this 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 defensive group is so young that when when McDonald's terrible and I've come around a little bit on Gudis. Because I think his his yeah I'm okay on him. I really like Hague. Hague's my boy. I like Hague a lot. No, but I think Gudis's absence hurt that team during their ten game losing streak. It did. It really did. did. It's right. crazy. Right, which is wild. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know fully there, but um, I mean, I don't know if I, obviously we've got some players playing very well. I do think we're deep in the sense that I think there's enough potential on three of the four, if not all four lines, to continue that. to have success. That. I mean, we've got a ton of we've got a ton of double digit scores. Michael Raffle, Raffle and uh, Flippola joining that group. Um, so, I mean, I think that's tough. I mean, obviously, Trey is having a breakout season. That's what happens when you put a guy with his talent on a really, really talented line. When you take arguably your best player and move him to a winger, yep. aka Quadrue who's as immensely talented across the board, he's like a triple-double to me. Like, he's like Russell Westbrook. Like he's, he just gives your team a little bit of everything that you need. Yep. Um, and I, I like that. that. I, like, I like they're finally giving him that his credit where credit's due in my, in my the way I see it at least. Um, I don't know. I think you're right, though. We, I don't know. If, I think it's going to be tough. I've not been impressed with Neuvern when I've seen him this year. I no, think he makes I haven't either. That, that bumps me out because I really like him. Right. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but man, I, uh, I I think we need to make a move potentially because we're gonna. I mean, five to six weeks is way too long of a time to not have a guy who's been a superstar for you. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's gonna be tough. Uh, we'll see how they do it. Uh, it. It'll be nice to see what Ron Hextall has moving in his brain because he hasn't really made a ton of huge moves yet. I think he's really letting the the prospects come up to uh, okay. use a Phillies phrase, trust, trust the prospects, uh, which who they've all been playing well, whether it's in the AHL or down in juniors. Shout out to Carter Hart, who broke the Western Hockey League's shutout record. So <laughs> applause to you. But, you know, I mean, we'll see. You know, Flyers hit the road a little bit. They'll be home for two games next week, but we'll see how all that goes. Quick Olympic update. The U.S. women continued their unfortunate Olympic struggles against Canada. And I emphasize Olympic because in the World Championships, they play very well against Canada. And not that they didn't play well today or last night or however you want to phrase it um, in Pyeongchang time. Um, But I watched the highlights of it. That Canada Canada can just fucking snipe it. Their second goal, do you see it? Have you seen the highlights of this game? Oh, yes. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, just imagine being the goalie and there's maybe, what, five inches over your right shoulder to the post. This girl just finds the fucking corner, 
snipes it through. Canada goes up 2-0. Shout out to Berkshire alum Kendall Coyne, who scored the goal in the third period to get it to 2-1. But, yeah, U.S., Canada, thankfully it's just group play. I find it really funny that they make it – it's an eight-team tournament. They only knock off two after regular group play. So they just make the bottom four – or really the three through six of the group play in, in, I guess, points. I don't know how. Um, as the the play-in to the semifinals. So the U.S. still got a bye despite coming in second in their group. Uh, it's almost as if they want U.S. and Canada to play twice. <laughs> the only two really good teams in the tournament. Right. Huh. Huh. So they're at least guaranteed to play for a medal, whether it's whether it's the gold medal game or the bronze medal game. So good for them. They've looked good. They look good in their first two games. Canada just looks great. We'll see how it goes. I mean, did you have any thoughts coming from that? I mean, I, I mean, I, I your point of them wanting to play. I, I find it similar to the consistent improvement of competition against the Americans in the mm-hmm. women's soccer or football World Cup. The other the other teams simply haven't caught up, but I don't think it's a lack of talent across the world. I think it's a lack of opportunity and and uh, resources. So my hope is that a third program can kind of rise from the ashes in that regard. And not the ashes. There's there's no ashes. There's yeah. just nothing. So Scorched yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I I find it similar to like like the U.S. women they dominated the World Cup, and then all of a sudden now all of a sudden there's there's competition everywhere, which I think is good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to the medal game Two one effort was great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm tuna. I'm going to be tuning in for the medal game. To me, that's it. Um, you're right though. That Canadian team can play. Um, so I mean, it's going to be great and I hope it draws a big crowd because I want to see them watch a little bit. That would be good. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. The men, there's no NHL players playing. The U S plays their second game tonight. They had an unfortunate People call it an upset, but because there aren't pro players playing in this, I don't How do you I'm know. Right. Not quick to call it an upset. Granted, we have very good talent in the amateur level, both in collegiate and below, you know, non NHL players. Um, but I, I'm not going to go as far to call it an upset. Um, I would agree. I would that's agree. My with hot you. take. Yeah. I'm with you because I thought everyone was like, well, we should have won. I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. This isn't the NHL. This is like college kids and then some older, 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 older professionals who are no longer in the league. I um would be though. Some of them are on AHL contracts that could get bought out, which I think would be pretty awesome. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, once again, whether I mean, hmm, I love it. I think it's totally like I'm, I I laugh. I th- I said hmm, I think it's totally up in the air. I I think this is what makes it fun. We discussed this a couple pods ago. Like it's not fun to watch the Olympics basketball anymore because you know the United States is going to win. You know, previous years, you knew it was going to be the U.S. and Canada, maybe a little bit of Russia. And every once in a while, like a, a Sweden or Finland would kind of dive in. But now all of a sudden, I disagree. The men, the women, yes. The men, I mean, Sweden's always very good. Finland's pretty good. You've seen the rise of the Swiss, of the Slovakians. Okay. You're right. The Czechs You're right. have always been very good. Uh, so, I mean, U.S. came in fourth four years ago. That's true. Um, That's true. See, so, I forget that for some reason. It just, like, slips my mind. Yeah, I mean, it would have been fun. I think I think you should have the best players there that are in clean. You know, not to really harp on the Olympic athletes from Russia, but you shouldn't Great. be in for cheating. Your word choice there, by the way. Yeah, you know. Um, but if I think the best players should be playing, uh, 
because uh, it's not it grows the game and especially for a sport like hockey and we talked about it before the ESPN doesn't really talk about it the ringer doesn't a lot of places choose to put it by the wayside to the point that last year I was with one of my friends from Cleveland arguing whether or not they were really four major sports in North America or not and I think having something where it's not just an Olympic sport but the fact that it's in the Olympics and helps it grow which even to a degree, the U.S. going and, and dominating basketball kind of does. I think basketball has enough roots now that you don't need Russell Westbrook dunking over some five foot seven dude from <laughs> Slovenia. Right. Um, but with hockey, I think because it is so worldly within the NHL itself that it's it's fun to see these guys mix it up and change affiliations. You know, for for every once in a while. That's why. I think we've seen the rise of fantasy drafts within all star games and stuff like that. No, I, I get that. I mean, I, you know what? I mean, hmm. I'm struggling so much with this because I understand. And you may, you've brought up an interesting point when you said we're trying to grow the game. And I kind of started our NHL discussion by saying, hey, like people aren't really talking a lot about co- hockey right now, how good the, 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 the program is. Imagine if the NHL players were currently playing in this draft. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. In the, in this Olympics, they would no. be discussing. They, would, I mean, it would be huge. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh my god! Because think about it this way too. Who's the guy that what scored all the goals? Think on in your the point. Shootout? Who's the guy that scored scored all the goals in the shootout? T.J. Oshie. Oh yes. How big was Oshie? Like that carries over into the season. No. We're, we're missing that. We're missing Th- that. Think about it this way too. The big reason why they're not going. You can talk about the owners all you want. Is that the NHL Players Association and the NHL themselves agreed to have a World Cup of Hockey. Originally, it was going to be congruent with the – or concurrent with the Olympics and basically the off two years, the year of a Summer Olympics. Then the NHL decided not to go. The World Cup of Hockey was on ESPN. It was barely talked about, and there was no games. There might have been one on the main channel itself. There were some games that were on ESPN News, but it was barely talked about, and nobody knew about it. Right. That was this. There was that awesome North America team that featured Shane Gossespair. It featured Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews before he even made it his NHL debut, and nobody talked about it. Having even just the words Olympics on it draws so many more eyes to it, especially because NBC just does a great job of promoting a sport that they've paid so much money to have. Um, but, you know, I mean, we're, we're really – I think we're on the same page. We both want hockey to succeed and do very well. But it's an interesting debate, and it's always going to be there, especially with the basketball argument versus hockey, or even you know, as you get more into the the more specialized sports like snowboarding, for instance, of whether or not guys that can, that have been professional snowboarders their whole lives, or skateboarding is going to be in the next Olympics. Um, you know, we're, you're going to see the pro amateur argument probably continue on because of all of those, right? But then you see baseball where they can't break the MLB season up, so it's it's interesting on how it all goes. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, so far, though, I got to say, the Olympics have been awesome. Electric. Right. Electric. I want to point out, I want to point out, I don't know if I've ever been, I know we got to move on here, but I don't know if I've ever been more riveted by the, I mean, I screamed when I was watching the men's half pipe. Yo, that shit was awesome. I was. Like I stayed in the bar at the Wells Fargo Center during the second period of the Flyers Devils game, the most exciting period of the game, to watch Sean White and that Japanese guy go at it. Right, because it was amazing. Because 
I thought I thought White's first run sealed it. Yeah. Ninety four point two five. Oh, it's over. Japanese guy comes out, crushes it. I was surprised because I'm not. The problem is like, and, and I'm not. I'm not putting this on the judges, but I just don't know what they're looking for. Um, in terms of like how they get from a ninety four to a ninety five to a ninety seven. Yeah. But then White went down. He killed it. He seemed to know it, but the suspense was freaking killing me. And I was watching, um, and I had, uh, I was like in a panic. Basically, we had we had to get it. And then he, they announced it, and it was incredible. And uh, I mean, uh, you know what I've gotten really you, into, and I still don't you get the, the rules. Curling. I've been watching a lot of biathlon. Oh, with the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's if you've never watched it before, it's just cross country skiing. But every lap when you finish, you have to go to the shooting range and shoot five targets. And there's something about like if you miss a certain amount, I still haven't figured it out. But you're right. You have to do an extra lap like within a mini track. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's something too like of cumulative misses that fucks you up. It's nuts. Right, what's right. crazy too is that they release them out at different times onto the course they, when they start, so they don't all start at once like a running race. Um, so like one guy's finished and he's you know in first place, and then they're showing a guy like at the final target shooting. They're like, oh oh he's he's fifty seconds ahead. He could do it. He could beat the Frenchman. Like because it's some it's always some British guy. We're ne- right. the Americans aren't good at this. They're never good at the, at these wacky Olympic sports. Um, that and the the luge. Oh man, the lu- the relay race. The Germans. Um, go. Uh, I'm not gonna say go Germany. Go U.S. Uh, but uh, you know, I love the Olympics in general because I get into these these random ass sports. I got super into archery two years ago at Rio. That um, was amazing. I remember that. Yeah, with the guy that looked like a fat Leonardo DiCaprio. Like <laughs> I might not remember his name, but his image will for- forever be burned into my head. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, this is why the Olympics are so great, though, is you get to see those sports that you don't always watch or don't even know about. Now, I think look at this. I think the Summer Olympics probably has a little bit more in terms of the obscurity of sports. It's definitely a bigger Olympics oh, for, for a number sure. of reasons. I mean, let's be honest. To to be a great winter Olympic athlete, you kind of have to be born in the right spot with the right amount of money to get involved. Now, they're definitely doing a lot to reach I'd agree. out. They're definitely doing. I think speed skating has a little bit of that, um, and I'll be blunt. I mean, I mean, I'll mean, it in a bad way, but like the minorities, the diversification of the Winter Olympics is nowhere near the Summer Olympics. Well, look at the the medal count too, and and not to like get super into the the racial breakdown of other countries, but no, I think Germany's pretty right. white. Right? So is the Scandinavian countries, <laughs> like. We we've done a de- we've done a good job with it to the point that people on Fox News are saying we're too diverse and too you know too diverse. What was it? Too diverse, too gay, and something else. Oh, that was a which, terrible comment. That guy yeah, made. terrible comment to make, but awesome for just the general population as itself because it's great to have that. Um, but and you'll I'm sure we'll see this happen, especially the rate of technology has boomed a lot of things, including the growth of what's going on in the world. Um, so hopefully we'll see it more, but that's a great point. Um, because we've I'm seen not, right. I'm not trying to poo-poo the Olympians that are currently no, there. No, no, no. Or say was... the Winter Olympics are like are like. I'm not trying to use the R word here. I'm just saying I think there needs to Nobody's be more. That. There, there needs to be more though. So I think it's a good thing that that this has been brought up. Oh, for sure. Um, 
And I think Fox News is wrong. That wasn't very. Oh clear. yeah, no, no, it was terrible, terrible comment to make. If you didn't think we thought that before, terrible, terrible comment to make. Um, go U.S. Go America. Yes. Uh, but no, I was looking through the list of just countries that like have less than ten athletes, and there's a ton of them because some are you know speed skaters, some are in the luge, some randomly send in like a high jump skier. Uh, but there's a ton in South America. There's a ton in Africa. Obviously, there's the Tongo guy that everybody was talking about. Uh, so it's great to see. It's great to see all that kind of stuff because you also, for, you know, we all learn the names of these countries. We don't learn their histories or anything when we you know, study the geography portion of European history or whatever history class you're taking in high school. Then, you know, you recognize these, but it's fun to see them and see people actually from there because then they talk about their stories and stuff like that. Right. I feel like you get a lot more of them here because having somebody like the Tonga guy as the only guy from his country. So when he's competing in cross country skiing, you hear more about it and you hear a little more about what's going on there. Whereas with the summer Olympics, as much as they are awesome, you get so much, I don't want to say saturation because they're it's the perfect amount and adding more sports into it just adds to the effect. Uh, but there's, it, they're more athletes. So there's less, human human interest pieces no I, I, yeah no i get no i get that i get that i mean and and you know what it's a little bit of a tougher venue this stinks for americans and this is a terrible yeah. but we're missing we're missing the um the, the the time zone difference hurts for us yeah the watching the replay stinks because even like even with sochi you at least got like, the prime time was still on tape delay but you could watch everything live in the morning right uh, so like, about four, I, it's about a 14 hour difference, which is okay. Like right now, we're like eight, eight, nine o'clock. We're getting yeah. a little bit, but you got to wait till like 10, 11 midnight before you get the live, live yeah, event. For instance, the U.S.'s second game in men's hockey is tonight at 10 45, and that's like 7 45 in the morning there. But let's move to basketball. So the NBA is moving on to the All Star break. We talked about that before. Uh, should be a fun weekend. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game, it's nice that it's on President's Day. You get a, you know, you get some extra time to watch it and, and all this good stuff. But uh, it, it's it's entertaining enough. The Saturday portion, the skills competition, doesn't do it for me as much as it did when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know if I'm the only one there. I know the dunk contest has been quite back. But... I'm not a dunk contest guy. Yeah, I used yeah. to really like the three-point shot. Not as much of a three-point shot guy. Look, I'm not an all-star guy. I like the MLB all-star game. That whole week that is great. might be the only one. The home run derby is still interesting to me. Yeah. I, I enjoy the novelty. The of the, sucks. Right. I, I enjoy the novelty of the skills competition for the Pro Bowl, but it's like, eh. The other problem with, with it is you're missing half the guys anyway. They're all yeah. fake injured or they're playing in the Super Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess the all-star game pretty much brings all the stars together, but and look, I don't mean this any any negative because I think he's a good player, but Dragic is an all-star. Like, mm. Now, I don't want to not reward a guy like him, a guy like Al Horford, Paul Millsap. But there's some – I know he's an all-star this year, but I'm trying to put it like – I don't want to disregard players who aren't quote-unquote flashy. No. But I, I, I think the, the – like I hate the fact that they call anybody who makes the NFL Pro Bowl a Pro Bowler next year. Um, like some of these guys in the Pro Bowl – like just aren't pro bowlers. They're there because of injuries. That's just not right to me. And I'm not trying to hate on them. I know some of they're bad players, but sometimes you're like watching this game. You're like, how is that guy in this game? Well, the um, crazy like the town end- part of it too, is that 
like baseball, there's a ton of there's a ton of all stars, and they have to fill it in. So like, there's a it's a fifty man roster, right? But with with football, it just there's like twenty. It seems like there's like twelve quarterbacks that that are Pro Bowlers for next year, and that's half of it. Mm-hmm. Like a quarter of them don't keep their jobs. So of the remaining seventy five percent, how many of them were in the Pro Bowl last year? Right. Like it's it's nuts. Well, for example. Um- Derek Carr was in the Pro Bowl, and I'm not nothing against Derek Carr. I still think he didn't have a very good season, though. He was hurt half of it. Exactly, he's not that good. Like, why? Why is he in the Pro Bowl? And so I look at things like that, and I'm just like, "Mm." I, I, you know, I I don't understand. Um, You know, like, look, I'm once again not trying to take away from anybody, but like T.Y. Hilton was in the Pro Bowl this year. Hilton's a great wide receiver, but really. Yeah, yeah, but let's get back to basketball. So, back to the NBA. Yes, yes, and let's, and let's <laughs> yeah. let me propose some NBA. I can poop. I can yeah. hate. I can hate it. Some NBA all <laughs> too. So don't worry about it. There's no defense in it. That's the real part of it. The celebrity game is is sometimes fun. It gets kind of over the top. Like, Rachel Nichols and Katie Nolan are coaching the team, so that'll be fun. They're they're entertaining. Um, but you know, it's. Let's talk about the actual league and how everything's been doing there. Yes. So we really haven't gotten a chance to talk a lot about the NBA as a whole with you. We've talked, you and I have talked about the Sixers a lot. Mm -hmm. What have been your thoughts on the NBA season coming into the all-star break? Well, I like how we're, it looks like, I know we haven't gotten the playoffs. It looks like we've got a little returning parody. What I mean by that is it's definitely not a guarantee that we're going to get golden skate. Golden State versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. So mm-hmm. with the Houston Rockets, with the Raptors and the Celtics, and I know the Cavs made a bunch of deals, but it looks like there might be a chance that there's going to be some actual NBA playoff battle royales is the way I'd put it. Yeah. It's like I 2015 even, again when right, we first got right. Warriors-Cavs. I even want to go a little farther than that. I think the Spurs, assuming Leonard gets healthy, the Timberwolves with Jimmy Butler, the Thunder with all their with George and and Paul and I Paul George wow with George and Westbrook, the Trailblazers who beat the Warriors last night, um, the Bucks, the Wizards, the Pacers, the Sixers. There are and I'm, I said the Sixers. There's a number of teams that should at least make a lot of these playoff series be incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. And I think if you are the that's what T-Wolves. you want, right? I think the Timberwolves. I mean, I think they're a year away because they're trying to learn, like, feel each other out a little bit. Yeah. But there's a lot of teams like the Timberwolves, like the Thunder, um, like the Bucks, like that can really figure it out and maybe have a really, really good series. If yeah. you're the NBA, you don't want these series being four to one or even four to two. You want seven game series. You want intense, hard nosed basketball every night where games are close. That's how you build the ratings. I don't want to watch. The Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers win 4-0 until they meet each other in the finals. Like, that's well, not fun. Yeah, that me. was the shitty thing last year. Is the first round was fun because aside from who the Warriors and Cavs were playing, which I don't remember because they won so easily, the other three series were fine. And then you had one good series in the other two in the second round. And then the conference finals stunk, and you had to wait two weeks where everybody's tugging LeBron and Steph's dick so hard that we basically the story got ran into the ground right. before a five game series in the finals. Mm-hmm. I agree. The gentleman sweep was on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. And that, I mean to, yell, to me, you got to have a little bit of parody. I just I can't stand no, it. I can't stand Absolutely. it. Um, 
I love that you well, mentioned the Blazers, though. Think about this. The Blazers, who was probably their best acquisition last year coming into this year? Wait, wait, wait. You mean, wait, let me make, let me make it clear here. Do you mean like in the offseason or during the season? Both. Really, since they so, lost LaMarcus Aldridge, who have they added? Uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 um, uh, no, 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 no. Time out. Time out. Wait, wait, wait. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm going to get mad if you tell me. Get, wait, 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 wait. What's it? No, no. No, no. Nurkic. Yeah. Right. They added him. Right. But they, I mean, they really haven't, they lost Wesley Matthews. This is really in the last couple of years. Right. They haven't done a ton. And they finished how many games out of the playoffs last year? Like one and a half. It was like a half or one one game? Yeah. And they, was it that close? I thought it was like five games. Maybe I'm wrong. Still, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Evan Go Turner's on. a fucking starter for these guys. Oh, my <laughs> God. Don't get don't get me started there, by the way. I can make yeah. a much better starting roster than that. But Oh, yeah, you, know, you absolutely can. But like, And they're in sixth place right now. They're a half a game behind the Oklahoma City Thunder, who beat the Cavaliers by 40 points last week. Like <laughs> right, The right. nail is so on the head by you right now. But there's so much parity. Not that it's really going to make it make a huge difference between really the Golden State, San Antonio, Houston triad. Maybe Minnesota. They might be able to figure out. But I think you're right. I think they're a year or two away. I don't want to put. Well, don't look. Don't count Stevens as is the Brad. I call it the Brad Stevens effect. I I don't want to hate on on the Raptors. I, I until I see Lowry and DeRozan put together. A, at the same time, put together an excellent um, no uh, Toronto's Toronto. I don't believe in at all. I, don't, so I, I don't, think they'll I, make the second round definitely, but they're not. I can't see them being the Cavs or the or well, I, they might if they're the one seed. They could make the Eastern Conference final, but I don't. Right. I can't see them beating the Cavs. Well, look, the, I'm not seed. over. I'm not overreacting on the Cavaliers. I still think you have LeBron James. Yeah, and regard. I mean, I don't. I, like I said, I, actually, the addition I really like for them is Grant Hill, and that's a guy that I really love and. I think he's going to make a huge role for, for, for sure. them. But other than that, I don't want to. I know I don't dislike the other guys, but I, I would. I still think because of LeBron, you got to give them the favorite. If I'm going to put, if someone's in that gun to your head, who wins the East? I'm going to say the Cavaliers. Oh yeah. That being said, don't. if the if the Celtics can kind of regain their footing, and if I see enough out of Lowry and DeRozan together, same series. Okay. Before they meet up with the Cavs or the Celtics, I have a little more faith because I do really like those two guys. Um, but I'm with you. I, I don't I don't particularly believe in them. I would put money on even the Wizards or the Bucks before I'd put it on the on the Raptors. Yeah, I like I like Milwaukee sneakily sneakily chipping away at the Eastern Conference. Well, I, I mean, uh, let me tell you something. The big thing for Milwaukee is Jabari Parker's back. Yeah. Like if he can add a little bit of outside shooting because the Greek freak, Greek freak Eric Bledsoe, they're not an elite like three point shooting team. Mm-mm. By the way, if you don't if you don't watch Chris Middleton's game, you're definitely missing out. Yeah, that being, I was about that, to say Middleton's great. Right, right. Um, I still I still think they're a piece or two away from being super elite. I don't know if they're good enough inside. Yeah. Um, but I think I mean if you understand basketball a year or two from now they had a shooter they had a big man maybe thon maker figures it out they could be they're going to be like the sixers they're a little farther along than the sixers because of because of guys like bledsoe and um um and middleton and um and parker excuse me 
but I think they're those they're, that's the future. You're looking at the future of the Eastern Conference right there with those two guys. Yeah, for sure. Indiana's um, right there. Good for right. Indiana. I got to tell you something. This is what makes me happy. When I look at the NBA All-Star game, I just talked about parody and how I didn't believe in Goran Dragic, but I love the fact that you've got a guy like Oladipo in the All-Star game. Oh, He's for sure. earned his right to be there. Um, I'm, I can get angry about no Ben Simmons. They just replaced uh, Przingis with Kemba Walker. They are, you know, but whatever. I'll get over it. Simmons will be fine. Um, I like the fact, though, that they've added guys like Oladipo to the game because sometimes you see some of these guys in the All Star game and you're like, they, like, really? They made it? Like, I know they're a big name, but they're not even that good. So, so, so I want to correct yeah. myself, too. That's a great point that, of, that there's some wacky guys in the All Star game. The Blazers did make the playoffs. They got swept by the Warriors in the first round. But point being, the point being, we completely forgot about them because it was <laughs> right. <laughs> what a fail by me. But we completely forgot about them. Yeah, this, when you said um, they didn't make it, I was like, wait a second. I thought they did, but okay, I guess they did. You know, I no. just I just believed you. It's all right. Uh, yeah. I trust you. That's okay. Your trust has I haven't you haven't lost my trust. We're still okay. Mm. Oh yeah, we're we're always well, okay, Matty D. I guess I, okay. I, I, I mean I know we're gonna jump in and talk about the Sixers at length here in a second, but I, I would wanna what I would wanna say before we get there, sitting in the seventh seat, but we'll get to them in a second. Pistons, mm-hmm. by the way, knocking on the door for the heat. But moving on. Oh, before we get there, I wanted to just quickly bring up the Western Conference and what I think is a good changing of the guard to an extent, because for a while the Western Conference was one of the most difficult was one of the difficult conferences in all of sports. Yeah. I'm it's glad you're bringing this up. I was looking at right. it today. Okay. Because of what I think is a good turnover, teams like the Nuggets and the Pel- Pelicans and the Timberwolves and the Blazers are in the playoffs if the season ended today. Now, the Clippers are right there. The Jazz are kind of sniffing around. But we've seen the, the Lakers. Jazz are white hot. 11 in a row. That's pretty yeah. amazing. All right. Donovan Mitchell. uh the uh, the French the French uh, SWAT team over there, uh, Gobert, plus uh, a rejuvenated Jay Crowder. But teams like the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, and to some extent the Lakers kind of fallen off the wagon. But I think that's a good thing. I think having new teams in the playoffs, um, I I love it. I think it's fantastic. So well, the Mavericks and the Lakers weren't there last year. No, I'm thinking I'm thinking like two three years ago. Yeah, like, yeah I get what you mean. This, right. They've won championships this decade. Right, right. But I'm liking the fact that there's some new teams, like the Nuggets and the Pelicans in particular, and the Timberwolves, they're fourth. But we expected that with the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, who might be, I think, is one of my favorite players in the whole league. But anyway, I I think that's a really good thing uh, for the league, that they have this. Oh, for sure. It's hashtag good for b-ball. Exactly. But on that same note, though, I mean, Charlotte's not in the playoffs. The Bulls, granted, they lost Jimmy Butler, are out. The Hawks, who were the be- who had the best record <laughs> in the East, close to it a couple of years ago, right? Are in last. Um, Even the Magic, the Sixers, yeah, and the Magic. You're right. They were kind uh, of they expected were cool. to maintain a little bit, at least. Yeah. How about Brooklyn? Looking at them, still they've dead, got, still close to last, but uh, they're not got, last right now. They've got a lot. Yeah, Ooh. but uh, that's okay. But let's talk about our boys. The guys yes. that will be the reason that I get fifty dollars from you in a couple in a couple months. I'm, I'm I'm okay with paying it up, but go on. Oh, 
the Philadelphia 76ers last night come out the debut of Marco Bellinelli. And that's an impression of the PA announcer. It is not a Italian's impression. It's the PA announcer who dropped 17 points in his Sixers debut off the bench. Sixers were down 23 points at halftime, 24 points at one point in the third quarter. Charged all the way back, baby, without Joel Embiid, which is huge. That's really big. I mean, and I wrote about this on the blog, too. They shot 25% from beyond the arc. So this wasn't that J.J. Redick and Robert Covington just started hitting threes every possession. They were grinding this this motherfucker out. They really just demoralized them. Ben Simmons doing his thing, making those redonkulous passes that he does. Robert Covington did play very well. J.J. Redick did play very well, but more mid-range jumper game from them. Bellinelli played very well. T.J. McConnell, points-wise, didn't cap, didn't uh, stun after his triple-double from Monday night, but played very well uh, as, as well. Uh, Rashawn Holmes making his return to the lineup because he did for whatever reason he hasn't been playing a ton of ton of basketball for the Sixers, but probably in the wake of Justin Anderson rolling his ankle against the Knicks on Monday, playing a little more, played very well. Amir Johnson in a starting role, not so good, not so good. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I yeah. Go on, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you've said this before. You were a little, you were a little more pessimistic about the signing than I was when it happened over the summer. Uh, I forget how much they're paying him, but it is a lot. Uh, but they have the money to spend. They might as well when they can sign him for like a one or two year deal. You might as well go spend it for a guy that's been in the league for a while, can kind of give that veteran presence along with JJ Redick. Uh, so you know, it's not. There's other things you're paying for than just stats. Right. I agree. No. Um, but he's getting a lot of time that I don't think he should be getting. Kind of thing. The issue though is that you can't. Who? What else are you going to do to repl- to put up the middle? Are you just going to go small? Because I guess last night proved you could go small and. You know, still do it without having to rely on a three-pointer. But, I mean, what would you do? Do three guards in TJ, Ben, and JJ Redick and then go who? Robert Covington and then Rashawn Holmes? The problem with Ben and TJ on the floor at the same time is the continued issue with with their lack of three-point shooting. No. They played well against the Knicks together. You're right on the three-point shooting, but they played well and they're a good defensive guard duo. Right, I would my, look. My I've said this all year. I thought their best starting lineup, period, um, would have been. I'm going to take Fultz out for one second. It would have been Fultz. Then it would have been JJ. Then it would have been Simmons defending the three, playing the one, still there. So three one. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mixed that up. Uh, Redick, Covington, Simmons at the four, Embiid at the five. The reason I put Simmons in the four is I look at like Golden State or six ten. Six ten. Now you can switch Covington around, so you can move him around with Sarge off the bench as the as the six man. Now obviously, the oh, yeah, injury... I forgot about Dario. Yeah, you right, Dario well, right. I prefer Dario as the six man, but then again, I think he's a pretty good starter. Um, the the problem is once again, you can't. There's no faults, so we're kind of screwed in that regard. Yeah. So I'd be fine with TJ on the floor. Um, I I would. But I, because I think he's one of the most underrated guys in the league. So I would go. I'm with you then. I guess I go TJ Redick, 
Covington, Simmons, Embiid. Put your best five players, once again, minus for a second Dario, on the floor and let them do their thing. That's how I feel about it. And, and that's really my five there. I mean, I once again, I think we could, if you don't want to start TJ, I mean, why not? Maybe maybe you keep putting TLC in the starting lineup. Um, that works. Yeah, he, he plays well. Maybe you put the Italiano in the starting lineup. That'd be fun. Uh, Bella Nelly. Bellanelli, Bellanelli. Bellanelli. I think, uh, and maybe maybe you get another veteran that, you know, maybe gets a buyout or something that wants to come here. That would be a really good sign, by the way. That would be great. I mean, Bellanelli coming, I think, is great, too. He's, a pretty He's good not player. superstar, but it's still great, I think. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, kind of, though, I think they're in a good spot to make the playoffs. They might make some noise, maybe win a game or two. I don't know if they make it out of the first round. Depends on who you play. You play Toronto, I feel really good about that because I've seen them win. Right. The Celtics and the Cavs, I don't feel that confident about. Okay, but I'm with you there. That's I'm with you there. I think, there. I think, right, I, I don't know it's going to be tough. I, I don't think we get to five. Maybe a Not, chance at yeah. six. My concern, though, is that, uh, I, like I said, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, yeah. But the Heat, the Pistons, and the Hornets with Kemba, those three teams are going to be battling. So we've got three teams on the cusp. I know the Hornets are a little bit back, so I don't know if they're going to make it. But yep. the Pistons with Blake Griffin could cause some issues for the Sixers if the Heat get really hot and we don't. But – yeah, that's true. But like you said, we've had one of the easier schedules to end the season. I think they have the second easiest down the stretch, so it should be in their favor because they've played, and I need the number in front of me again, but they played by far a couple, as of like the halfway point of the season, by far the most games against the other conference of any team in the NBA. Okay. And as much as we were talking about the NBA having parity, the top part of the West is still the better part of the NBA. And yeah. on top of that, they play the Cavs just one more time. They've played them twice. And, or no, they might they might have only played them once. But they played the Celtics four times. They're done playing them. They've That's played cool. the Raptors a ton. They've played the Wizards a bunch. So they've played the better playoff talent that the NBA has to offer. You still got a lot of games against the Southeast Division. That's good. That's kind of where we're getting at. And... I think you've only played the Knicks twice, Christmas and Monday night. Bring them so up. that's four games there. Same with the Nets, even though you had that shit loss a couple weeks ago. Uh, don't talk to me. Yeah. That's, but that's that's I just want to finish up my, my argument before. I do think Ben Simmons is a lot more potential than Kyrie Irving. But I think Kyrie Irving right now is better. I would take him. Uh, I don't know if I'd take him for the long term, but pick up basketball. I might pick him. He said Ben Simmons. So I maybe I misspoke. My argument isn't Ben, because I've got my issues with Simmons. My argument is that I think Joel Embiid on both sides of the ball as an overall player has a better, a bigger effect on his team than Kyrie Irving does. That's my Oh, I agree opinion. with that. Oh, okay. You saw it last sorry. night. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Last night without it took the Sixers a half of a basketball game to adjust without him on the court until they figured out how the fuck to get a gun against Miami Heat. That shows to me that if Joel Embiid played last night, even if his ankle's sore, which it, it, he makes that big of a difference in terms of how they game plan, how they can play against other teams. But I'm glad that we were able to at least clear that up from before. Because yeah, if I had, if I just let us move on to golf without saying it, right. I've been kicking well, myself. I, 
I would tell you this, and I hate to be bold with it, no. but in terms of players who have a bigger effect on both sides of the basketball, I, I'm not sure there's five players in the NBA that I would say have a bigger effect on both sides of the ball than, than Embiid. I think LeBron does. I think Kevin Durant does. Yep. I think the Greek freak does. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's hurt, but I think Kawhi Leonard does. Oh, absolutely. Other than that, you could, I argue, you can make an argument that Embiid is the fifth on the list in terms of the effects on both sides, on both sides of the ball. Now I just, I, I, are you just including healthy, like fully healthy players? Any player in the NBA. Where would you have Porzingis on there? That's a tough one. I'm going to lie. His injury has made me half forget about. He's close, but I don't know. I I don't know if he has. I mean, he's a lot like Joel Embiid. Maybe, maybe a little quicker. Maybe a little more of that mid-range shooter. But Joel Embiid can still put it up. And I don't think I don't think I think he's better defender than Porzingis. I don't think he. Here's the key: defensively and offensively, you fear Joel Embiid because of his physicality. And his intimidation factor. I don't think you get that from Przingis. No. Now, by the way, I left off Kyrie, Harden, um, Steph Curry because of their. I don't think they do enough defensively. I'm not saying I'd pick them. I'm not saying I'd pick Joel ahead of them. I'm saying, no, I'm two way players. I'm not sure there's. I'm not sure there's a lot of guys you can put ahead of him. Yeah, I wouldn't put Steph Curry up on a two way player list. If it's pick one side of the ball and rank it, I'd put him very high because he's incredible offensively right Harden defensively i'm not as I'm he's with thief. you not as bullish he's a sieve uh, he's terrible yeah i'd always play a little better Kyrie, i might put higher just because he's so tenacious that he can he's such a yeah, fuck you a, guy that's the thing right but as an offensive player his defensive abilities a lot of that is was masked by lebron and a lot of that is masked by brad stevens People forget I, he hit the game-winning three to win the championship. I know he did. I know he did. I'm just saying you asked me for both sides of the ball. Oh, I, yeah, I, you're right. You're right. I, you took, answered the I took three wings. I took LeBron, Durant, and the Greek freak. To me, they're all small forwards. I don't care what position right. any of them play. I'm just saying I, I think it's tough. Jimmy Butler has to be on that list. And I think Paul George. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm, yeah. I'm not a Westbrook guy in this in this discussion because I don't think Russ – always does enough defensively. I think he has every okay. ability to be one of the best defenders in the league, but I think whether it's usage rate or otherwise, I think he gets a little a little bit lax. Not lax, he's a little too aggressive defensively, and that hurts him. He's a little too over the top. But um, like I said, in terms of two-way players, I think Joel Embiid is easily the best center on that list, and I think he's growing as a player. I, I'm oh, yeah. more impressed every time I watch him. So like I said, not saying he's the fifth best player in the NBA, fifth best two way player in the NBA. I think there's a massive argument you can make there. No, 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 no. no it's a, I'm sorry. And by the way, it's a good, good it's a good list to build out. I'll put it that right. way. Right, it's a fascinating list because I think at the end of the day, a lot of those are the players that win you championships. There's those nope. two way guys. They're, nope. they're no, 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 agreed. Absolutely. But what's let's. Switch things up, and we'll wrap it up with golf. I wanted to try to do a little college hoops, but I think we'll, uh, we're running out of time, so we, we'll save the bigger topic for another week. Next time. Uh, especially as we get closer to, to March Madness. But quickly, just a couple – just remember this for next week, a little teaser. We're going to get you warmed back up with words you should know, like bubble bursters, 
and Bracketology. And Diaper Bubble Dandy. Watch. Diaper Dandies. Trey Young. You might not have heard that before. If you haven't, Google it. On to golf. The Genesis Open from Riviera Country Club teed off today. Tiger Woods back in the field. Tiger's <laughs> back. Did you see his new golf bag, by the way? Uh, yes. New sponsor. Sponsored by Monster Energy. Fucking hilarious wild. that he has that. But wild tournament. Tiger, Justin Thomas, and my guy, Rory McElroy, teed it off this morning. Tiger finished one over. That's good for right now at tied for 70th. So that would be a made cut. Uh, tied with a bunch of other bigger names like Keegan Bradley, Jimmy Walker, Brendan Steele, uh, Morgan Hoffman's there. Uh, number of guys tied for 70th. My guy, Daniel Berger, but he's still on the course. Uh, we, the leaders currently, because there's still guys out there, are tied for fourth. Tony Finau, Patrick Cantlay, and Xander Shoffley still out on the course. Tom Ho- Hoagie, uh, spelled differently than the Philadelphia delicatessen treat. Dominic Boz- Bozelli and Sam Saunders all in the clubhouse with 67. Uh, Dustin Johnson, the returning champion. I'm going to Google him, or I'm going to uh, do a little Control-F search because I've lost where he is, but he is... T94, he's on the 14th hole right or through 14 right now, and he's plus two. But it seems like a pretty wide open field right now. And, you know, seeing Tiger make a cut is really what you want at this point because he's still got seven weeks until the Masters. He's probably going to play one or two more tournaments, I think is how much is on his schedule. So we'll see. Uh, you know, guys like Jordan Spieth are up there. They're in the action. It's nice that the bigger guys are coming to play. So you're starting to see Tiger. It was good to see him play at Torrey Pines a couple weeks ago, but the bigger field is here. It's getting more and more, you know, big names on it. So good for Tiger. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would tell you this. Um, I think just having him out there, I, the results to me are important that he's competing, but I want to see everything. The short game is going to come. Oh, I like it. Huh. Um, so... So far, I've been impressed enough to have hope for him getting through a full season and being competitive in majors. Yep. He's got a long way to go. We talked about this at length, but um, and he's got a long way to go. Oh, yeah. The crazy thing, too, is that Tiger, Rory, a number of guys were at either one point over. Rory finished at even. He eagled the first hole. He, Tiger, and JT started on the 10th hole. So, his, so hole number one, their 10th hole, he eagled. Um, you know, guys like Harris English were at one point as low as two under, also finished even. So the course is playing tough. I mean, it's it's a golf tournament. You know, it's they're they're gonna make some waves coming coming into it. Bryson DeChambeau, who was the big hot pick, who was uh he went pro after the 2016 Masters. Right, right. Still hanging around. He's a guy that gets kind of a you know, rap because he got all these sponsorships for never really winning anything. Um I think he won an event late last year, but he's hanging around there as well. Uh, Thomas Peters, another hot pick from the Masters from a couple years ago, hanging around there. So it should be an interesting week as we start seeing the bigger tournament names and the bigger player names get into these bigger tournaments. Matt, is there anything you're looking for, any predictions you have for the 2018 golf season? 
Well, I'm looking for one of the young guys to step up. Uh, I know, and I, I, I define Spieth. young guy. Okay, Spieth, Thomas, Fowler. Okay, that group. Yes, that group. I include yeah. Dustin. I include Jason Day to an extent over there. Ricky well, he and DJ I mean, are both a little older. They're like well, they're a little older. So to me, so to me, I think you're going to see. Does Spieth continue? Does Thomas? Does Spieth continue his semi dominance? I think they were having a discussion this about Michael Phelps. So I'm, I'll relate this to like Tiger Woods. Michael Phelps was the Tiger Woods of swimming. Nope. I'm talking about this in the Olympics today in the broadcast. But my point being is we expect the, the Tiger dominance from one of these young guys. I'm not sure we're going to get it because I, I think that's how great Tiger was. You, you know, you don't – like we, we've had this weird thing where we've, we've seen a number of the best players to ever do it come mm-hmm. through a lot of these sports over the last few years, Tiger being included. So don't, I don't expect Spieth or Thomas or Fowler – or even Rory to have, and I know he's been he's been a long way away for Rory, but um, to have the consistent week in and week out dominance that Tiger Woods had. No, but I'd agree with that. Those are my big four to me. If one of those big four kind of rise to the occasion this year, maybe win a major, win a couple other big events, the players, a couple other tournaments, can one of them kind of separate themselves from the pack? I want to say Spieth's going to be the guy, but. We thought he was going to be the guy. I think we put well, a lot Rory of. Rory was going to be the guy. We did. Now I will say this: we're poo-pooing Spieth for the PGA Championship. He he won two. I mean, he's won enough majors. I, I think he's established himself as one of the best in the game. But will him oh, or Fowler? A- right. Will him, Fowler, Thomas, or Rory kind of take a step up this year and say, "Hey, look, I'm going to be here, and this other group's going to be here." I think it'll yeah. be Spieth that does it. I think he's his putting ability sets him apart. So I think it's him that'll do it. But I. They all have an opportunity. They're all really great players. So that's my big, my big maybe kind of thing there. Um, well, one great of those guys- thing about that a lot of people forget about, and I'm glad that you brought this up with his putting. He's a lot like Tiger was in his dominance. The Tiger and really Jordan Spieth are known for making these 20, 30 foot putts. Jordan Spieth is actually an average putter from like within 20 feet. I've read that before, right? Brandel Chambly talks about that a lot on the, uh, the foreplay podcast. We got to give, got to give the the credit where the credit is due, but it's something worth noting because it's something where we remember the go get that. uh, How about the video uh, that from uh, Billy Hurley? It's shit. Not a Jordan Smith for the players thing. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. It's hysterical. Actually, that's, that's uh, one of the funnier. You, you said that over to me. That was I laughed. Yeah, well, uh, well, I think we've retweeted it out, but we'll do it again. We'll put it on the blog for it. If you uh, aren't already listening on there, thunderblogsports.com, go check it out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we remember all this stuff with Spieth putting, but he, I mean, he's a great irons player. The thing with it, and there's a couple guys that you mentioned but don't have in your big four dj's driver and really just his length in general when that's on is nearly unstoppable thing that pops up to me just using jordan spieth as the example was the golf channel tweeting out the day after he beat spieth dustin johnson in a playoff of dj being able to cut off the corner of a hole because he can just drive the ball that far and Jordan Spieth having to play the curve as the course was designed. <laughs> and the fact that last week, Dustin Johnson on a 570-yard par 5 went 3-iron, 6-iron on this fucking hole. 
to basically put it on. I think he put it into a bunker and then chipped up on holes that Jason Day, another guy, went driver-driver on. I mean, that's something that can't be discounted. Jason Day, Justin Rose, a lot of those older, quote-unquote older, they're not Phil age, but the older European guys, Jason Day is obviously from Australia, so the older international guys who've won majors and can still certainly hang around there. Justin Rose almost won the Masters last year. You know, they're still there. I, I've never really been a big Sergio guy, so I, I don't think – I'd sound biased saying I don't think he can – repeat it or, or really be able to do it because he's been around for so long as well but he could i mean he could pop out of nowhere that's been the crazy thing about golf of the last couple of years is that you had that streak really from jordan spieth's u.s open until now of or i guess zach johnson had won a major before but oh so many new major champions starting with jason day in 2015 2016 was all new guys winning winning, including Jordan Spieth's meltdown, which he's rebounded from, and then some at this point in his career. Can he complete the Grand Slam? Can Rory complete the career Grand Slam? Are things I'm looking forward to for this season? I obviously love Rory so, so much. That's creepy. Um, cutting that it's out. It's not a little creepy. No, I don't think you should cut it out. Don't cut it out. No, 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 no. What I was about to say, I'm going to cut out the interlude. Now, now, now it's just funny. Uh, yeah. Now it's going to keep cut it out. now. You gotta but I love Rory so much. How much do you love I him? I do. Jordan. He's the best. We've gone over this before, but I, oh, man. He's washed up. Seeing Tiger, JT, and Rory on a fucking T group together got me so goddamn excited. More excited than it did this week watching baseball videos because pitchers and catchers are down in Florida Florida. and in Arizona getting ready for baseball. All I did was watch, I've watched I don't know how many baseball movie clips this week. I know we're talking about golf, but that's how excited you all know how much I love baseball. That's how excited I got for these for these dudes playing fucking golf together. But anyway, going to be a fun season, a lot of storylines, and I think that's the big point of we talk we're talking about Tiger, we're really excited for him. It was always Tiger versus the field, but the fact that there's 8, 10, 15 guys that you can name, even if you have your four, like Matt does, that there, I mean, there's a ton to watch out for. And oh, whether yes. a right. new guy pops out like they have to win their first title, or it is the Rory's, the Jordans, the Rickies, who he still hasn't won his first major, but it feels like he has. The players, the players seem like makes me feel like he's won a major. But yeah, I agree. and that was a great win too. Right. Um, that was 2015 for those that don't know. But it's going to be fun. We'll keep you guys updated with everything on the site. Make sure to follow it all along. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunder Blog Sports hey, on Instagram. Jump into Facebook. a little, jump into a little golf, uh, a little golf uh, fantasy golf, if you'd like, with our, with us. Yeah, you and I both uh, started off well, yeah, and you've you kind of fell off a little bit. I was gonna, okay. I was gonna okay. save you from that. Yeah, look, you can bring it up. I want to, I want to, look. I'd rather other people join us so that I can crush them too. Yeah, I think baseball's opening up soon. I gotta reach out to our guys over at Sports Geek, but we've both done we both had an interesting week last week. The fifty-four hole cut helped get get us some points, but I don't think either of us placed very high. The nice thing though is that if you do get in like a top five in one week, you're right in the thick of it. So you're not far yeah. out of it, Daddy D. Right. I'm working hard. Yeah. You are working hard. I'm and at least you've also leaves, you what? I'm trying to read the tea leaves, you know. Oh yeah. Well, the nice thing too, and I was thinking about this today, 
with DraftKings and golf, specifically to golf, because football so quick, the supply and demand moving prices of players, you can notice and you sometimes forget about these guys, but like, uh, but like Brandon, Brendan Steele is a guy that's been able to do this a number of times another um, throughout the last couple of years. Ryan Moore has been like that. Tony Finau has been like that. And he was, he was always a popular pick, especially when he first came onto the scene. Um, but the prices move so slowly for them. That you can kind of figure out who's trending. Well, I'm sure he's finally moved up, but Chez Ravi, who's a shot off in at three under 68 for the day. He's been hanging around the last couple tournaments. He was probably still pretty cheap for, uh, for a few of the, for a few of said tournaments. So, Something just to remember there. Um, I have noticed, though, you love picking Jordan Spieth. You got yeah, your guy. I believe, I believe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I I can't say shit. I pick Rory in DraftKings when he's in an American event all the fucking time. I think I just am a little better at picking value than you. I'll, I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that's going to do it for us. You got anything else for me, Maddie? Nah, it's pretty much all I got. I think it's going to be. I mean, we're, we're we're about to be in that season. I know March Madness is coming up. We'll talk about that soon. I'm like, there's a little bit. Madness. Of, right, there's a quick lull after the Super Bowl to me, and then all of a sudden, boom, things are going to start to get uh, out of control. It's nice that February is only 28 days. That's I'll true. put it that way. Because uh, then you get right into March. You get Championship Week. You get the tournament. You get St. Patty's Day, but that's different. That's somewhat sports related, right? Um. But then you get baseball. Baseball's right back, and you get the championships. You get the derby. We got to go to that at some point. Anyway, we're yeah, we're rambling now. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Again, make sure to follow us, Thunder BLG, on Twitter, thunderblogsports.com is the site. Thunderblogsports are the handles on Instagram and Facebook. And for my man, Matt E.D., I am the G-Man. Have a good night, everybody. And go birds! Go birds!